Welcome back, everyone, to episode. I don't know what it is. I've already lost count, bro. What is this? Episode five. four? Five? Four or five, bro. We, we've been at this for a month already. Looks like it. Nah, ain't no way. Time flies. Know. Are we actually already on episode? No, we're on I episode four, but quick cap. Four? Yeah, that's four. I mean, that's still technically a month or ish. Well, but... we had like, we had one, the first one, and then we had the really short one. Yeah. Then, then we, we had, had another regular week, one, and then this one. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, um, listen, man. Eagles are a nightmare, so we'll just start with the Ravens. Big dub. Big dub. Yeah. Ravens are on fire. Six games straight. Man, I love I love this team. This team, every week, this team's looking more and more complete. You know, it goes from the run game to defensive line, linebackers, DBs, receivers, eh. Don't we don't we don't need to worry about the receivers. But anywho. I mean, hey, y'all were fighting. We were bro. fighting. Y'all were fighting. I was actually I was honestly very impressed because I kind of figured like I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, no, no, so, no, no. So last time I predicted that if the Titans go up by two scores, then you know, it'll you, be you pretty think hard. The Ravens can come back, come back. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and they went down by ten early, and then you know they they got you know a field goal, then a touchdown, and then from there it was like they looked like they had control of the game for, for yeah. You know, like I said, like the rest of the game. So I mean, I, I was pretty impressed by that. I noticed that um, the Titans try to take away the running game more so than the. Uh, the passing game, which I mean, it makes sense considering how the, how well the running game has done in the past couple weeks. Yeah, uh, I think we're yeah we're number one in rush yards per game, so that would make sense. And the Titans are too. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So what what I kind of noticed was that like when they were kind of uh, when they were trying to like stop the run game, it also left like your receivers open, especially like Hollywood. Like obviously, you know, Hollywood is yeah. You know, the greatest I want to talk about Hollywood having a great game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's the greatest receiver, but he's fast. So what he, yeah. you know, that they try to, that they they kind of let uh, the Titans, you know, uh, not stop the run, but kind of like let them play the run, so then they could just do like somewhat quick dump offs to uh, to uh, Hollywood Brown. Kind of kind of hope that he would just, you know, win the foot race, which is what I noticed. I thought that was pretty cool. It's good. It's a good game plan that uh, the Ravens had going into the game. Yes, sir. Yeah, little little Greg Roman. Um, Stemming uh, off of that. I kind of I want to talk about narratives going into the game. You know, it was like what Lamar can't win a playoff game because you know previously he was zero and two, now he's one and three. So you can't we can't really say that anymore. I'm happy for Lamar <laughs> that he got that done. And then uh, secondly, there was what like you said, Ravens can't come from behind. You know, it's like when they went up 10-0, it, I was starting to get it was starting to look like last year. I was getting a little worried, you know. But then uh, yeah. You know, we we started we started rolling on offense. Started the, the run game started going well. And remember that Lamar Jackson. No one's going to talk about this play. Everyone's going to talk about that uh, fifty-yard touchdown run. But I believe it was like third and seven, and Lamar. Right, so they the Ra- Titans defense blitz. They wanted to get Lamar out the pocket, and so he's rolling to the right, third and seven or third and eight, I believe. And uh, if they didn't make this play, like we would have punted. Titans would have had all the momentum, which they already did at the time, and uh, it wouldn't look good from there. But Lamar hit. Uh, do you, I don't know if y'all, you guys remember, but Lamar hit Mark Andrews like on the sideline, got a first down. And then uh, on that drive, I can't remember if he kick, kicked a field goal, but that was a very key play that I thought of. And then, um, so and then so yeah, we like you know we we we, we our offense started rolling. We got the running game going. 
And then uh, that's how we caught back up. It was 10-10. And then from there, we just played our brand of football. And then um, the last narrative was uh, that Ravens couldn't stop Derrick Henry. Because, you know, earlier week 11, Derrick Henry had like 133 yards, I think. But then again, Clayce Campbell and another, I think Brandon Williams, they were both out. And they, they both play a key part in the run-stopping game. You know, Calais Campbell, all pro. Not this year, though, I don't think. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, all those narratives are squashed. So, Lamar haters out there, yeah, can't say that <laughs> no more. But, I mean, is, is a one and three record still that good, though? In no, no, game? but the, the narrative assuming, was assuming he can't win a playoff game. That's true. That is true. The narrative itself was that he and can't Lamar got it done. Game. You know, he was, yeah. he was scrutinized I mean, for that for the past, what, two, three years? Happy. I'm just happy to yeah. get over the hump. That's all it is. I mean, that's fair. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like the, the way that you, the way that the Ravens defense was just loading the box and stopping Derrick Henry was, uh, it was actually yeah. crazy. And I kind of, I kind of figured that you guys would get beat over the top because of that, but it just never happened. Yeah, Marndale, he had a good game plan. You know, we Martindale, played really I mean, gaps down yeah. defense. I mean, that's why Martindale's in the in the conversation for multiple head coaching jobs right now. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I, honestly, in a, an impressive he? showing. It was. Derrick Henry had like uh, how many? He had how many rush attempts? I know he had forty yards. It was like maybe twenty-two. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his average was not that great. Yeah, pretty sure by halftime it was like one point nine or something. I don't know. It was it was pretty bad. Yeah, I also want to talk about uh, two two key plays that could have changed the two. I just want to talk about two like big controversial plays in the in the game. So what do you what do you what do you think about the Willie Sneed uh, OPI on it was like fourth and one Ravens goal line? Do you think that was OPI, even though it, d- it didn't make a difference? Fourth and one Ravens. Oh, it, it wasn't the that? goal line. It was, it, it was like the, it wasn't plus territory, but like you guys were. Is like, yeah, red zone. Yeah, yeah. Was it red zone? Was it really red zone? It was yeah. We're in the red zone. Oh, okay. Um. Well, either way, I think based on like how. The, how little the the refs called like pi either like both offense and defense this year i feel like they should have just let him play and also with the fact that the running the, the pass was behind the line of scrimmage like the, the ball was caught behind the line of scrimmage yeah so there really wasn't so, no need for all that yeah so there wasn't really so if the ball if the ball was caught down the line of scrimmage there really isn't an offensive pass interference. like i'm pretty sure you can't call an offensive pass interference when the ball's caught behind the line can you i'm, I'm not sure about that rule that doesn't make any sense because that means like 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 for like screens and like blockers can't get out ahead. Past, yeah, like, that's like, true. That's true. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Willie Snead could have done a better job of selling it. Yeah, uh, he didn't. Really like, he yeah, did not, he he had did not much sell intention. Well. I didn't like the call though. I I really didn't like the call. Yeah. And then uh, I also want to talk about the uh, Titans deciding to punt it on what was it fourth and yeah, fourth terrible. and two fourth and one. No, 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 that was that was an awful decision. that you you played it no 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 that, that was terrible but yeah. analytic like I saw an analytic an analytics like um analysis of it and um analytics analysis that doesn't make any sense an analytics like like chart of it basically mm-hmm. it said the chance of winning for the Titans was the same whether or not they went for it or, or and got it or went for it and missed it yeah, so you you, uh, have, you go for sorry, it. Sorry, whether or not they punted it or went for it and missed it. So obviously, yeah, you go for it. Yeah, that was a terrible decision. I don't, I dude, Vrabel, man, like that's that's cowardly, honestly. It is. Here we, and I, Vrabel's a you know I'll do anything to win type of coach, and that usually I never really see him like that 
I don't even say that's even conservative. That's just kind of I'm getting bullied by the Ravens defense. I'm punting the ball. Well, that's being dumb. Like that was that's just straight up being dumb. Him not going for it is being dumb. Yeah. I was honestly pissed about that situation about the call to punt there. Uh, oh my goodness. What was it? Fourth and two from the from the 40 or something like that? Fourth and two from the 40, I believe. That's ridiculous, so, man. That oh great. my goodness. Uh, it just pisses me off thinking about it. Yeah. So I mean, if they get that, you never know which way the game goes. But at the same time, like Ravens, it was a it was a convincing victory. Yeah, I think I think people are people aren't giving enough credit to our defense. I think I mean obviously like Lamar did it like great win for him, but our defense also played lights out. I mean, if you're if you're holding Derrick Henry to an average yards, yeah. less than two and a half yards per carry, I mean, my goodness, dude. Yeah, forty yards. Like, holy crap. Yeah. The point where he's getting pretty, you know, annoyed on the side on the sideline. Yeah, there's. I saw that clip of uh, it was like him walking down the sideline, and Vrabel was just in his ear, and he was he wasn't having it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it w- it was interesting to see that um, like Arthur Smith's offense sort of like, you know, I want to say I want to say fall apart, but just he not. Just, do he just got out games around. It, revol- it revolves around one. Yeah, it revolves around one pl- or one player, which is Derrick Henry. Bill Ravens versus Bills matchup. Martindale defense making adjustments. Yeah, yeah. So if there was ever a time for Martindale to make adjustments to his defense, it would be now. Obviously, you can't get away from the foundational things, but at the same time, like Josh Allen will eat you up all yeah. day if you blitz him. I agree. If if we if we're if we decide to blitz heavily like we do regularly do, we're gonna be in for a treat. <laughs> they got what Stefan Diggs, top top three receiver. Around that they have what Isaiah McKenzie. Some ballers, man. Josh Allen's Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen makes them look. I think the benefit, though, is that the thing about the Bills is that they don't have a running game. Or the, the running yeah, game they is don't. pretty terrible. So they don't. If you invest, you know, if you kind of just like sell out for the the passing game, which I mean, I'm sure teams teams have tried, and you know, they haven't really done well. But mm-hmm. hey, last week the Bills played the Colts, and even though they won, I thought they got out coached. By Frank Reich? No, right? By Everflows? Uh, Everflows. Right. I think that's, that sounds right. Yeah. That's that's a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Well, I think Josh Allen was playing too well, or it's, it's just typically too good for him to get "quote unquote" out coached. I don't think I don't think Everflows out coached him necessarily because the 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 Bills are somewhat able to move the ball pretty pretty frequently. I mean, not as well as I've like I've seen the past couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, like, how often do you see a team get out coached and, and win? You know. Yeah, it's, that's fair to say. Because I would say, because I mean, I would say McDermott just did more against Frank Reich's offense than, which I mean, oh my gosh, dude! Like all the AFC teams right now that are left, dude, they all came from the Andy Reid coaching tree. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Wild, bro. <laughs> Andy Reid, who else there? Stefanski started off Stefanski. as an intern for the, for the Eagles. Is Stefanski going to be back? Uh, he should uh, be back, right? He should be back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harbaugh uh, was, an, was, uh, was a coach for the Eagles. Who, spe- what team am I missing? A special teams coach for the Eagles. Yeah. What team am I missing right now? Uh, so you said the Bills, Ravens, Browns, Chiefs. Only four. Bills. Yeah, and McDermott obviously used to – he was a he was scapegoated. The Eagles. I mean, hey, go birds. <laughs> go birds, baby. <laughs> go birds. No, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, I do honestly. Ravens versus Bills. That's going to be such a, a fun matchup. Yeah. Watch. What what other matchups have you got going on? So we got Browns, Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. I mean, yeah. Come on. Who doesn't? Yeah. Who NFC. Doesn't? We got what? Packers versus Rams. The Rams. The Rams. Rams. The Rams defense. I like how uh, they're nice. Don't get me wrong, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And they, you know he's playing. I mean, J- Jalen Ramsey on Devontae Adams, bro. I personally think he's gonna lock him. I think he's gonna lock him down. Jalen Ramsey's locked down I mean, every big time receiver. I don't think. I don't. I don't, I don't think there's a player that Jalen Ramsey hasn't locked down. And then what do you? What do you got out of this? Uh, Saints versus Bucks. I still think the Saints can, because for some reason the Saints ha- they haven't played you know amazingly well during the regular season. Like I, I know they had like a what eleven and five record or whatever it was, but or was it was it eleven and five or twelve and four? One or the other. But like for some reason they would always just play well against the Buccaneers. Yeah. But having said that, I mean, if Brady, if Brady shows up, then I have the Bucks. But if the Saints defense can force him to throw things that he doesn't really want to throw, I honestly think the Saints can beat him three times in, in one year, which I mean is pretty unheard of. But at the same time, how many yeah. times does Tom Brady actually face someone three times in one year? Tom Brady is a goat. He's known for winning. Brady, yeah, I mean, he is known for winning. But oh boy, but yeah. Ex- Oh, uh, dude, I, uh, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for that matchup, but like, jeez, if Tom Brady loses three times, I mean, would he retire? Like, is is he done? After no, this year? no way, no uh, way. You think he's you think he's Tom got another Brady's year not though? done. I I think Tom Brady got at least two years under his belt. I don't think he's it doesn't it just doesn't seem to me like he's slowing down. He's top five in passing yards right now. Like, I, Bro, the, Father the, Todd the, does not exist in his world. <laughs> Dude just does not quit. Man, so how old is he? 43? Yeah. Sheesh. Imagine playing football at 46. That is absurd. That's, it's like imagine your dad playing football. 46, 45, whatever. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Holy crap, dude. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for this Bills Ravens matchup. We want to win. We're going to have to shut down the passing game and we're just going to have to play our, our brand of offense and, you know, Run the clock, you know, be on pace, and that's it. That's pretty much shutting, it. Shutting down that passing game is a whole lot easier. Easier said than done. done. Yeah, I think I said the same thing <laughs> last week for the podcast when we talked about Ravens versus Titans. It happened, but yeah. hey, it we'll did. see. With that being said, I suppose we could transition to the the birds, the, the, the ongoing dumpster fire that is the Philadelphia Eagles. We want to talk about first. Coach Doug? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I think he, okay, so for those who don't know, Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson was fired yesterday mm-hmm. after a second meeting that he had with Jeffrey Lurie down in South in uh, somewhere in Florida, South, Southern, Southern Florida. Okay, so where do I begin with this? All right, so clearly the Eagles had a lot of issues this year. Uh, quarterback, front front office. Uh, management, yeah. Management, yeah, exactly. Management everywhere on the team pretty much, which, I mean, I can't really think of a collective unit that was like, oh, these guys are good. I think Doug, well, no, no, sorry. I know Doug Peterson was scapegoated as a problem. So basically, I, I need to kind of lay this out, lay, lay this out for people who are listening. Here, here's kind of the issue with, with, the, with the Eagles management and the Eagles coaches, okay? When, when a new coach is hired, right? You know, usually when a new coach is hired, you get to let, you allow him to bring in his own coaches with him, you know? Yeah. So yeah, D- Doug somewhat was able to do that in 2016, but after so in 2016 was obviously Carson Wentz's first year. The Eagles went seven and nine, 
and lost, I want to say four or five games by less than one possession. Or sorry, but by, by yeah, by one possession or less, like points in terms of points. And apparently, this has come out recently. The the management, Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Roseman, interviewed Jim Schwartz for the head coaching spot after that, after Doug's first year. So after the first year. Which is absolutely ridiculous. I'd feel he went, personally, I'd feel backstabbed. Exactly. Which he does, which I mean, I don't, I don't blame him. But he should, because why the hell would you would you interview someone for the head coaching spot? He went seven and nine with a rookie quarterback, bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah, give give the guy some time. Do you want to hear the weapons we had on that team that year? Jordan Matthews, Doriel Green Beckham, Paul Turner, and Bryce Treggs. Who? Are you? I, I, I can only remember one of those dudes. Yeah, and our running back was Darren Sproles, bro. Yeah. Bro, oh my gosh. And you're going to interview Jim Schwartz after one year? That is ridiculous. And guess what? I guess what I just, I guess, guess what happened uh, that came out today, too? They wanted Doug Peterson to fire Frank Reich. <laughs> Are are you? Uh, oh my goodness! So, but Doug had to vouch for Frank and say no. Like I'm, he needs to stay. And the next year, he won the freaking Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. That so the <laughs> literally the moment Doug Peterson joined this organization, he had one hand tied behind his back with a gun to his head. He he was the front office's puppet, dude. Like he couldn't do anything. And then after last year, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we had to fire two coaches. It was Mike Groh, the offensive coordinator, and then I forget who the other guy was. I think he was the wide receivers coach. And Doug, they, like, sure, we, we didn't have a great year. We went nine and seven, but that's, and we made the playoffs. Not terrible, but for some reason, the the front office said, "Hey, you have to fire these guys," right? And Doug said, and, and Doug threatened to quit. Doug threatened to quit, but for but I guess his. his morality kind of just kept him back and he's and then we what we played this year without having an out and out offensive coordinator and obviously mm-hmm. that didn't go well because we had the 31st passing offense and like the uh, dvoa in the, in the league so that wasn't great that's that, i mean sure yeah sure but the fact that he was forced to fire people that he okay it was it was, it was hilarious because on the it was the press conference it said yeah this guy this guy might grow he's staying don't don't worry about it two days later he was forced to be fired by the front office two days later that's betrayal right there. So Doug Peterson had zero say in any person, in pretty much all, any and all personnel decisions. I just found out last night that there was a report that came out from uh, from the Inquirer. JJ Arthago Whiteside was a pick by the owner, and of course, the general manager, them being you know butt buddies, locked onto it. Jalen Hurts was a pick by Howie Roseman. Obviously, but, I mean, most people knew that. It is absolutely absurd. Scouts that get Jeremy Chin. That's unorthodox. You know, by the owner, that's. Are you right? That, yeah, that's not that's not right. The owner is not supposed to be that hands on in in the football no. operations. They shouldn't be. No, or else there's, there's a reason. People have their yeah. jobs for a reason. Exactly. There's a reason and, why you're the owner? Why he's you know front office general manager? Why he's coach? People got different roles. There's they specialize in right. things. Yeah. So now you're getting into like Dan Snyder with Dwayne Haskins territory, and it's like okay, well we all know how that went. Yeah. It's terrible. No, you you don't micromanage. You know that's terrible. And like I'm, I'm pissed, dude. Like I'm, I'm pissed that Doug Peterson was scapegoated for this. I'm honestly surprised. Well, okay, there, there, there's a certain component that I'm not surprised about, which, which is the fact that Jeffrey Lurie has invested so much money into Carson Wentz. Therefore, it, it almost felt like you know picking Wentz over Doug, right? Because <laughs> Wentz and Doug had a you know quote bad fractured relationship. At this point, bro, there's so many leaks that are happening. I don't know what to, to believe. Like I actually just have no idea what to believe anymore. Because there was a teammate who spoke as long as he was allowed to keep, you know, uh, anonymous, who said that 
you know, the Carson and Doug's relationship was a lot better than people on the outside think or believe. Right. But, but then again, you know, there was the ESPN report from Mortensen that said, oh, that the relationship is fractured beyond repair. So obviously from Jeffrey Lurie's point of view, he's invested all this money in a once. He thinks, you know what, it's better for me to find a coach that, um, and maybe, maybe that's able to fix this guy, you know, like, like a Brian Dable, like an Arthur Smith. Right. right. And, and because like the sunk cost fallacy, um, it doesn't apply uh, in this scenario to Jeffrey Lurie anyways, because he doesn't, because he's the one paying this dude tens of millions of dollars. Right. It's, it, it's easy for us from the outside to be like, Oh, the sunk cost fallacy. You don't you just cut your, cut your losses with Wentz and we get it and, you know, go forward with Hertz. Well, you're not the one paying tens of millions of dollars for a, a franchise quarterback. Are you? Or, franchise quote unquote exactly exactly so it's hard it's hard for us to say anything from the outside but doug peterson was honestly scapegoated bro he so basically the, the last straw that happened the, the thing that the thing that they discussed at the meeting yesterday doug and how uh, doug and um uh lurry was that what, what, what the press conference said was lurry was like yeah uh, we think the Eagles are. We think that we're in a transition period. We think we're in a re, sort, sort of a rebuild mode, and we want to win over the next two, three, four, five years. That's literally what he said. He went. He listed numbers from two to five, two, three, four, five years, and, and he this said was the in issue the with conference yesterday, right? Yes, and he said, "Yep, yeah, hundred yeah, percent." Yep, and then he said it was like a forty-one minute press conference. So I watched every single minute, and the what what Lurie said was that Doug wanted to win now. Doug Peterson wanted to win in twenty twenty one. And Lurie was like, realistically speaking, we're in, if we're in a transition period, you know, we want to be able to win beyond that. But I mean, as a competitor, you want to win now, right? You want to win. You want to win yeah, every it, single it, year. Like exactly. So if you think that Doug was like, you know, got got the Eagles into this mess, shut up. Like, no. <laughs> Doug was not even not, not was not in the top five of problems this year. Holy crap. This dude went to the playoffs in 2018, the year after he won the Super Bowl. He went to the playoffs. With the 31st most injured team per football outsiders for adjusted games lost. And then pretty the 29th last year. Yes, that is pretty damn impressive. 31st in 2018, 29th in 2019. And this year, so, obviously, he missed. So he was hired in 2016, right? Won yes, the Super he was hired Bowl in 2017. Oh, 2017, 2018 season, yeah. And then went to the playoffs the following year. And it's 2020 now. And he's. And the following year. In the following year, so that's three years of playoffs yes. per season, and yes. it's 2020, and yes. he's got he's got he got fired basically fired by the team. Yes, in 2021, he has now been fired. Hmm. Does that just, make any sense? Just, Sean just, Payton, Sean Payton had three seven and nine seasons in a row. Yeah, not letting not allowing Doug to fix his own problems was is is asinine. Like it's it's ridiculous and. I can see the angle that, that Lurie said because I'm pretty sure this is what it boiled down to. Doug wanted to wanted to have certain coaches be part of you know be on his staff if he were to be the coach in 2020, uh, you know, in the in, in the fall, right, in this yeah. next season. All every coach coaches want to bring in their own guys, so like they got exactly, teams, yeah, trees. yeah. And Lurie Lurie was like, no, I need you to bring in like a new voice, right? And I could kind of see the, the argument for that. So this is where I kind of fail to somewhat defend Doug because he wanted to make Press Taylor, who was the passing game coordinator this year and the quarterback's coach, he wanted to make him the offensive coordinator, which is like, all right, really? Like 31st passing offense, you want to make him the offensive coordinator? Yikes, you know? Yeah. And then he wanted to bring back Corey Unlin from the uh, from who who was fired along with Matt Patricia on the Lions, who was our defensive coordinator this year, which I mean I'm surprised the Lions even took him in the first place because he sucked as our defensive backs coach. But he wanted to bring him back as a, as a defensive coordinator because you know obviously Schwartz was retiring. But it, it you know it doesn't matter because 
Lurie didn't allow that. And that's how that Doug was. Doug said, you know what? If, if, if you're not going to allow that, then I'm out. You know, you can say he got fired, but I, I Doug wanted to be here. At the end of the day, Doug wanted to be here. He wanted to be the one to fix once because he's the one that, that got once to, to the player he was in 2017 and 2019. Right. And, and, and now we're in this mess where we don't have a head coach or defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator. Now everyone yeah, Jim knows. Schwartz. Okay? Forgot about Jim Schwartz. Yeah, exactly. So Andy Reid knows, okay, uh, as well as, you know, the quarterback's coach, Mike Kafka, as well as offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. They all know, hey, if if I know you, you might get in a, a request to get an interview from the Eagles, just know, you know, as a, someone who coached with the Eagles for over 10 years, somewhere between 10 yeah. and 20, and he goes, hey, and, and obviously the, the leaks that are coming out now, I like, like, Doug, holy crap, dude. Like, everyone knows this, this front office is going to have one hand tied behind your back from the moment that you get here. Who wants to play for for this? Uh, who wants to coach for this team? Like, wh- why would you want to coach for a team that w- who has the front office just like pretty much with a gun to your head and uh, like you're on a short leash a hundred percent of the time? Like, why? No, yeah, he's the you fastest know, fired coach. D- Doug was the fastest fired coach after winning Super Bowl since 1973. Wow, it does, that's, it does, that's a stat. <laughs> right now, he is the he has the best freaking resume out of out of any of the head coaching. Uh, what do you call it? Head coaching candidates. Yeah, like wow, dude! I, I can see him go to the Jets, the Chargers, or even uh, the Texans. He wants to work with a good young good quarterback. The Texans, man. Well, he, uh, I mean, I, I, we'll see if they requested Eric Bieniemy, but Deshaun Watson yeah, probably. I heard, I heard Coach Eric Bieniemy is he's gonna decline it. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not, why did Lurie pick no, the broken really. quarter? Okay, so but like if let's say this was a Wentz versus Doug thing, which I mean, according to the to the Associated Press, it's not. You know, it's not one way or the other. Right, but let's say it was it was a Wentz versus Duck thing. It from from Lloyd's perspective, obviously you pick the guy with you know who you have less money invested into, but like really, like you pick like like Doug is not like quarter quarterback was was the top was a top five issue this year in ter- in, in the Eagles' problems. I would say top three. Right, head coaching right. was not Doug Peterson was not Doug Peterson did so well in, in getting Jalen Hurts open. Oh, sorry. Uh, for in, in letting the first receiver get open for Jalen Hurts to read, same thing. He did the same thing with Nick Foles, and he, I would, I mean, seventeen to nine, like Josh McCown, even though even even though he played on a torn hamstring last year against the, in the in the playoffs after once got chief shotted, like he didn't play that poorly for someone who was on a torn hamstring. A torn hamstring, but Wentz, I mean, hey, I, I'm I'm the biggest Wentz stand there is, but maybe he wanted more control, and that's kind of what you know has led to his downfall. Someone like Press Taylor, who's you know. You can kind of tell that he just isn't like a like like a drill sergeant, you know. He's 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 kind of like a let let things go, let things go, and I you know so was Doug Peterson because he was a player's coach. The entire locker room loved Doug Peterson. Yeah, everyone did. Past and present players. Chris Long came out and said that he loved Doug Peterson, and it, it was so funny because the freaking like the owner yesterday in his press conference, right, Lurie, he said Doug didn't deserve to get fired. Excuse me, then why'd you fire him? What the hell? Did yeah, that you're mean? the one. What you're the one who fired him. Like it pisses me off that like this team is like where it is right now. Why would any coach want to come here when they have zero say in personnel, and their their coaches are pretty much like pay, like picked for them or like forced out? It it makes no sense. It's not like this is a secret, you know. Like everyone knows this is happening now, based on all these leaks that come out. Doug Peterson, you know what he said when he was asked about how he felt about being fired? He said he was at peace. That that's a sign of a man who does not care that he was fired. Yeah. There was a report earlier this year that said that that where Doug Peter that, that said that Doug Peterson would not be you know uh, angry if he was fired. I don't blame him. Look at the way that the front office has handled this garbage. They didn't treat him well either. They didn't, yeah, they didn't. No, of course not. 
Dude, it is. Oh my goodness, I feel so bad for Doug that he was scapegoated for this. And honestly, what one should have once should have been scapegoated first before Doug. This is asinine, dude. Oh my gosh, man. Raises a lot of questions, man. Reorganization again, like, like, like it's not that, and it's not that people don't know this anymore. Like everyone knows this. And then, and obviously, you know, after that whole Reich situation happened, Reich got hired as the head coach of the Colts after because Joshua Daniels decided to, to decline the freaking offer last minute since Belichick wanted to keep him. But it, it's <laughs> it's infuriating that this team is where it is at right now because Howie Roseman did it. He kicked the can down the road. He said he wanted to win now after the Super Bowl. He said he wanted to, you know, this is the new, what Doug said. Well, this is the new normal. And he said that he got attached to these old, you know, aging veterans who aren't who weren't good because they brought us the first ring. They they brought us the first Lombardi Trophy, and now and now we're in this garbage situation where we not not only did we not win that well. I mean, obviously we had the playoffs because it was I, I uh, credit that to Doug Peterson, but now we're in an absolute nightmare. Yeah, cap situation. I mean, it's not as bad as people want to think it is. It's 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 still not great. But oh my gosh, dude, who we have a quarterback controversy. We have holes everywhere on the team. So yeah, what's what's what are you, what are you guys gonna do moving forward? What yeah, head coach obviously. Yeah, so we need to first. I think first and foremost before the draft, we had, we need to hire a head coach, head coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. I think if we hire the head coach, the DC and the OC will come with him. Yeah. Now the candidates Definitely. that we have interviewed, so that we have requested the interview or have reached out to so far, not nothing, nothing, nothing really is like a wow. You know, we haven't talked about Dable or enemy. But, you know, people are saying that Kafka, who's a quarterback's coach for the Chiefs, is like a likely candidate because he's also from the Andy Reid coaching tree. He also played quarterback for the Eagles, you know, cause, so he's pretty much Doug Peterson 2.0, right? Except yeah. Doug Peterson was off the coordinator for the Chiefs when he was hired for the, by the Eagles. And it's amazing because th- this is also the same front office that like that, that's, that, that year of head coaches was like Adam Gase and like Ben McAdoo. So like clearly the Eagles did the best, you know. But the issue is like why would you – it's not great that you're hiring this many coaches, you know, like Chip Kelly, Andy Reid, back all the way back to Ray Rhodes in the early 2000s. And like, or sorry, in the, in the late 1990s, it's like, come on, dude. Why, why are the coaches on such a short leash? Where, where do we go from here? I don't know, Gabe. I honestly don't know because I, there's nothing to look forward to. If we get, a, if we get oh my goodness, there, there's talks right now that, that, we, that we've already reached out to Oklahoma's co- uh, coach, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lincoln I Riley. bet you did. Yeah, I bet he does not want to come here. And listen, if we hire Lincoln Riley, Wentz is gone, dude. Wentz is straight up gone. Hurts, you know, obviously played at Oklahoma. Yo, so he's obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's, Wentz, he's, Wentz is no. Wentz is long gone. If if we hire Lincoln Riley as our head coach, you know, another college guy, you know, Chip Kelly, except you know, obviously doesn't have the the, the crappy qualities that Chip Kelly had um, in terms <laughs> of being a head coach. Dude, I, you have no idea how bad I want Brian Dable, dude. If he, holy crap, he could take, he could make Josh Allen go from a fifty, what six percent completion percentage last year to a seventy four percent this year. Yeah, insane. Maybe even Arthur Smith, who's someone resurrected Tannehill's career. But the thing about him is that his offense revolves around a certain Derrick Henry, and we don't have a Derrick Henry. We, we we really don't have a Derrick Henry. Yeah. Oh, dude, I don't know where to go Lord. from here. There's no oh, based on how Devontae Smith situation. played last night, dude. Based on how Devontae Smith played last night, there's no way we can pass up on him or Jamar. Yeah, that dude oh, is just better than everybody on the field. Yeah, he's he's so. That's, good. I think that's that's like when you're picking when you see Devontae Smith's his name on the board, like that's a that's a no brainer. You're picking him. This fully relies on the Dolphins picking Penny Sewell and not Devontae Smith, which I assume that they will go tackle. What are you guys? What are you guys uh, primarily focusing on? 
receiver in the draft receiver or corner probably corner people were saying you know Micah Parsons who was an absolute you know raw athletic specimen linebacker once like generational linebacker talent but the issue is you know suddenly Singleton popped out of nowhere so he might be our Mike linebacker going forward I'd like to see some playmakers on offense though yeah I mean I would too which is what Jalen Rager was supposed to be or which is what Justin Jefferson could have been or you know DK Metcalf could have been DK I oh my gosh I dude I'm sure there'll be more garbage leaked tomorrow because there seems to be never ending drama with the Eagles in the off season. But yeah, it's just a sticking situation. Yeah, today's leak was Doug was told to Frank, to fire Frank Greg after 2016. Why? That like, was the leak. Why? Wait, what? I'm confused. No, so I, after 2016, Doug was like, like I said earlier, Doug was told to fire Frank Greg or to to get rid of Frank Greg as his offensive coordinator by the oh, front okay, office. Gotcha. So okay, so it was the front office told him that. Yeah, the front office told him okay. to fire to to fire Frank Reich, and then then the front office then proceeded to interview Jimmy Schwartz for the head coaching spot. Okay, right, right. After one you. year of going seven and nine with with a rookie quarterback and garbage around him and garbage on the defense too, it doesn't make any sense. It, it uh, Doug Peterson, I feel so bad for him. I, I'm going to root for whatever team he coaches next because holy crap, unfreaking believable. <laughs> I I hope he doesn't get to work with a guy like Justin Herbert or you know whoever the Jets draft. Assuming because hey, the Jets GM Joe Douglas is you know former Eagles. Uh, he he worked in the Eagles front office. He was kind of sec- how how he rose is like second in command, if you will. So and then he got hired by the Jets to kind of fix the mess that that was there. It's it's gonna take. It's obviously it's a work in progress. But if you bring if you bring a guy like Doug in who made Carson Wentz look look as good as he did in two years, then who knows what he could do with a, with a promising new rookie quarterback Trevor know? Lawrence Justin Fields no, Justin Fields yeah Justin Fields because tr- Trevor's going to the Jags. oh yeah Trevor's going to the Jags oh my gosh I there's just no way it doesn't make any sense before before I start repeating myself we, we can just we, we can end it here Doug Peterson's at peace right now good for him you know what good for him he, he escaped this absolute toxic organization this terrible they really did him dirty like that man Oh my gosh! I hope Jeffrey Lurie sells the team, bro. I honestly hope he does. <laughs> like, bro, I'll buy it for like three bucks and like uh, a a packet of like juicy fruit gum. Like that's all I have. <laughs> Holy crap! It's like it's almost like Lurie and Howie are like tied to each other, bro. Yeah. He failed. He so the, a lot of the questions yesterday in the presser consisted of asking uh, Lurie about you know the like like why isn't Howie being held accountable for his lack of you know for his failure of uh, uh, to you know acquire good talent. Whether there be free agency, last seven years Eagles have drafted one one Pro Bowler. His name is Carson Wentz. Like that's terrible, dude. And that's very Pro bad. Bowler. It's, it's, not hard, it's not hard to be a Pro Bowler. That's fan votes, dude. Are you kidding me? The the a lot of the question consisted of, hey, why, why, why you know why why isn't Howie being held to the same standard, or like why isn't Howie being held to any standard for that matter? And he just said, oh, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, Howie's so, a good so, guy. Yeah, yeah, and he said, yeah, just so he. he he, he, yeah, he, he beat around the bush and he just couldn't give a straightforward answer. It's like, why is it how he being, resp- being held responsible? Pretty much the answer was, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he, and, he and I are in this together. Huh. It's embarrassing. Ridiculous. It is embarrassing. I, oh my gosh. I can't, I, I can't wait till the rest of this week pans out, bro. I, I'm curious as to what's going to happen because I, I already know some, some garbage is about, is, is about to come out, you know? Right. Okay. Well, with that being said, thank you all for listening. I'm going to go you. pull off some steam. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Thank you for listening to episode four. Big week ahead of us: Ravens, Bills. Well, yeah. Some more Eagles news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, dude. 
Stay tuned. More leaks. Stay tuned. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Peace out.